hello friends. This is an Apple Music interview version of the world-famous Emo Dad podcast. What does this mean? No music. Why? Apple doesn't let us play songs. Does it sound a bit weird when we introduce a song and nothing happens? Nah. But, you know, you still get the conversation and all the good times. For the full version, switch on over to Spotify and search Emo Dad. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Look at this. Hello. The state of this. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? You're talking hair. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, the top the top of the headphones is making my hair do Russell Brand circa 2000 and like whatever, right? It's like they it's you know when everything was back combed. It's brilliant. It's an absolute vibe. Thanks. You should I'm, go I'm, with it. I'm, I'm keeping it then. I'm just going to... Can I make it even more fluffy? Is that good? I agree. We'll <laughs> do that. Hello friends, we're back with our first interview, season three, I think. Good times. My name is James. My name is Matt. And this is Good Die Young by Rory. That's a good song to start the day with. (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited to meet our guest in a minute. Yes, we've already met her. Let's not confuse ourselves. No, oh, hang on. I've travelled. You told me I'm travelling in time. So I'm back to the before times, before we met her, even though we have just done the interview. Correct. So, so I can say this is a really good interview. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I can't because I haven't met her yet. Okay, so I've met her and I've done the interview. You haven't. All right. Good. Let's do that. That's fun. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm from interview? the, I'm from the future. I'm from the future. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And I'm from the past. That works. No, you're from the now. Oh. Oh. So. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm now. Hi, everyone. It's whatever time you are where you are <laughs> because it's now. Um. Hi, James. Please... I've just come back from the future. <laughs> I don't know if anyone likes our time traveling chat. We often do time traveling chat and it makes me laugh, but I don't know if it makes anyone else laugh. Anyway, we're about to meet somebody who I'm super excited to meet. She is amazing. She is a TikTok star. She is an accomplished singer songwriter, having written for everybody, has had a long career in music and is had an absolutely incredible life with an awful lot of ups and downs. Yes. Was that, fair that, to, was that good? And there's someone from the future right. um, who has just list, just taken <laughs> part in the interview. Right. I can tell you that it is uh, genuinely probably one of the best we've ever done. She is so honest and open and 
speaks really emotionally mm. and I, I I said it during the interview and I'll say it again I was just like mesmerized by everything that she was saying right well well I'm super excited to hear that can't wait <laughs> to hear myself interviewing her in a minute great <laughs> now Mr Buck did we decide if Rory is part of new wave or not yes Yes, so this is our first New Wave interview. We're going to be dropping the New Wave left, right and centre just randomly in this series. I've just just decided. Season, (laughs) not series. Season. Um, But we'll work that out. But anyway, so this is... uh, Rory is a new artist. So so drop in the New Wave jingle now. We're going to go in to meet Rory with one of her amazing songs. This is Sad Core by Rory. All right. Comfortable? Comfortable. Ready. All good. Ready to go. Great. Ready to go. Oh, how, which name should we refer to you as? (sighs) I guess Rory, because they know me as Rory. So my, my real name is Roxanne. Uh Uh-huh. Most of my very close friends and family call me Rox. Okay. But kind of Rory is the general. Because actually Rory, if you see my full name is Roxanne Emery. Mm -hmm. Rory is the start and end of my name, the R-O and the R-Y, which is symbolic of me removing all the shit out of it and giving it another go. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, And if it's okay with you, we might well keep that in because that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Um, So welcome. Thanks very much for being on our podcast. Um, we, uh, we start all our interviews the same way, which is, uh, to ask the same question, which is, if I can remember it, what is your earliest memory of music? Oh, wow. What an incredible question. My earliest memory of music is going to a Nevermind the Buzzcocks concert. Okay. So like a tribute band I guess with my dad when I was really young I must have been five okay he took me to this tent that like stunk of beer and I was on his shoulders I remember that I was on his shoulders and dancing around and yeah that's my earliest memory of music amazing do you remember it being like um positive or overwhelming or the only bit I really remember is the smell and like being on his shoulders and just loving it. Like that's one of the few positive core memories I have. <laughs> so I'm going to hold on to it. Okay. No, that sounds good. Um, and then what was the kind of the first music that you remember like finding yourself or like thinking like, this is me rather than things you heard around you? Wow. Again, amazing question. I think my parents were really into music. They had an amazing record collection and later CD collection. And the things that I gravitated towards first um, was R.E.M. Okay. Uh, The Out of Time album. I have the vinyl actually up on my wall. I just was obsessed with it as, as a young person and would like dance around the living room to night swimming and things like that. And I just 
it just made me so happy shiny happy people I used to like make up dance <laughs> yeah just absolutely loved it so that was one of the first records from their collection that I kind of took on as my own um also they had a lot of the Beatles so right. I was always listening to the Beatles but REM's a special one because REM I remember again I must have been like 10 something uh-huh. like that going into the living room and singing everybody hurts like at my parents I was a very deep 10 year old okay and just like giving it all that so yeah that was a really special one when I was younger amazing and that kind of like were you was your singing encouraged um yeah I think so I was a very um active kid okay read into that very rebellious kid and my parents were both teachers so their way of kind of dealing with that was getting me in loads of lessons so I was in piano lessons clarinet lessons gymnastics running club netball every night of the week mm-hmm. um, which is brilliant because actually those piano lessons is probably the reason for why I kind of went into music those first like things that go in your brain and falling in love with it and writing your first song and things like that so yeah they definitely encourage music and singing and playing great do you remember the name of your first song yes I do <laughs> oh my god I've never spoken about this it's so funny it was called thrills and spills yes I was 12 yes and the chorus was like through all the thrills and the spills through all the thrills and the spills and I just think now like what must my dad have thought when I'm like (laughs) thrills and spills this like 12 year old preteen so god knows I was an angsty preteen apparently I love that it's good melody yeah. and I'll Get resurrect it. it I'll bring it yeah. back bring it back yeah 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 fully into that <laughs> um and how do you remember kind of how you found so listen to REM do you remember how you found like alternative music like rock music yeah so that was probably a little bit older. So I'd say 13, 14, kind of teenage years. Um, my brother was very much into Britpop and he okay. was always older than me. So he was like super cool. So I was always listening to the bands that he was listening to and then nicking the Oasis CDs and like reading all the lyrics. It was in the days when he had the booklet and mm-hmm. used to love all that. And then... I don't know how it happened, but I discovered this band called My Life Story, who were quite a niche, like, alts band, and they had an album called Joined Up Talking. And that was my first, like, obsession. Okay. Music and a band, and I just thought they were the coolest things. Like, I used to email the lead singer... All kinds of things, like a 13-year-old girl. Jesus. Um, wow. But yeah, that was that was the first one. And then that kind of led me into Ash. Okay. And a girl from Mars. Oh, my God. I just, I can remember the CD. I used to absolutely love that. 
And then from then went into a bit of a kind of American emo phase. Okay. Quite heavily into something corporate. Yeah. Amazing. Number one. And yes, I got a bit more teenage and a bit more angsty listening to the nine minutes of Constantine was just everything to me. So good. <laughs> so good. Um, absolutely amazing. Tempted as I am to look at Matt, you know what I'm going to say. Tempted as I am to play the nine minutes of Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it, it's fine. <laughs> um, is there... Is there one of these songs that we can play for everybody? I'd love to play some Ash, but I don't know if you're feeling something else. I mean, I think it would be something corporate because they yeah, were okay. the first emo love affair. And they're just they're just so good. So how about how can I choose which album? Do I do Leaving Through the Window? Do I do North? I love it when uh, when guests like really think about like got to get this right. I got to choose a song, and it has to be right. This is great. This is what it I has like. to be right. Okay, <laughs> because I love this song. I'm gonna go for this one. It's a slightly odd one. It's Globes and Maps by Something Corporate. Uh, let's listen to that now. This is a bit of a, a weird one, if you don't mind me saying, with you with yourself. In okay. that you're you're a new artist, but you're not a new artist. <laughs> I'm old as hell. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't so mean it like that. that. I meant us. like younger I meant than like, us, and that's super important. <laughs> yeah, no, that wasn't actually what I was referring to. I was referring to your kind of like different stages of career that you've had. So, um, yes. like, so. Just for a moment, let's just talk about if you're happy to, like your your early career in music, um, because that was pretty impressive, right? Um, <laughs> you're, you're I don't know. Faces. I don't know. So I'm 37 now, and I would say that, and I got sober when I was 33, just okay. about 34. So really, for me, life kind of began then. Yep. I'm like four years out in the world as a kind of function. Yeah, yeah. But many years before that, so the music story, I went to college, I went to university, even though I was a songwriter at 12 years old, that was never considered a job option. Mm. Both parents teach it, they both come from working class backgrounds. So their dream and their guidance was to go to uni. Um, so I went to Warwick University and it was there that my mum got ill she got diagnosed with terminal cancer mm. and later went on to die from it and those years at university when she was ill I had no idea how to process those emotions I basically just stayed away from home for a lot of that time I really turned to music I was often found just like playing piano or playing guitar um, in my bedroom the moments that I wasn't absolutely blackout drunk anyway and after my mum died, which was in 2006, it was the year that I left uni. I left in June, July, and she passed away in the, that December. I then kind of wrote my first adult song. So we've moved on a bit from thrills and spills. Yeah. <laughs> and I wrote a song called Late, okay. which uh, was about her and 
it was just me trying to process a yeah, 22 year old kid that's lost their mum, mm. has no idea how to process it. My dad, bless him, is not an emotional guy at all. So we weren't really in touch. So it's very much on my own. Um, and at that time, I was working in a bank. Um, I'd gone on from uni to get a job in a bank and kind of everything my mum and dad had hoped for. Um, but losing her just derailed all of that. Um, I was living with a few flatmates at the time and they encouraged me to go and sing this song at open mic nights. Okay. And I did. Um, a few pints decided down mine to get the... Too right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> get the courage. <laughs> to get the courage. And I'd sort of been writing a few other songs, probably had about four songs at the time. And at my, I don't know, third or fourth open mic night, somebody came up to me and the dream situation. Oh, I'm a music manager. You've got oh, it. Wow. Let us manage you. So I ended up leaving the bank, being managed by these people that were, you know, not necessarily the best people. Mm. Music just, industry, right? <laughs> music industry people. And I was very green and very young and I knew nothing. Um, so I just kind of went with it. And again, very lost, still trying to process what my mum dying and all that. So I threw myself into it, um, got signed to a label, made an album um, over the next couple of years, which is in my early to mid 20s, went on a couple of tours of the UK. Mm. Um, but it just, I just remember it being really difficult mm. and really sad. Um, I was living in a really unhealthy place myself like in a really really dirty flat and I couldn't pay my electricity bill so I'd often be sat in the darkness and I was the drinking was getting more and more and more um I don't really know how I made it through sometimes I, I think about that now a 23 year old kid living like that and it's like no wonder I was bloody drinking because mm. <laughs> wouldn't have made it through anyway that label ended up going bust the album got shelved I ended up self-releasing it but that was a low moment just me in a strong bow in a flat with no electricity <laughs> like yeah it's on iTunes and it really it really hurt I yeah. think because this opportunity in music had taken my mind off losing my mum so much and it had started because of a song I'd written about her when it all fell apart it just cut me to the core and I swore that I'd never do it again. Um, I then went and got a job working for my brother, who was also in music. He was a mm -hmm. DJ. So funny, two parents as teachers encourage you to go to uni and you both end up in music. <laughs> um, and he was a DJ in electronic music. So then I was, up until that point, I'd been girl and guitar, folky, pop, slightly rock stuff. Um I couldn't listen to it now. I think it's awful, but I did my best at the time. Then was introduced to electronic music. And that was a wild ride because for a young person struggling with alcohol and drugs, there's probably no worse place than electronic music, um, especially going to gigs, going on tour with my brother. He was quite big. So everything came for free. So that was just one big party that from the outside probably looks like I was having loads of fun. I think I even felt like I was having loads of fun, but I just, mm. 
I just look back and feel really sad because I just took so many drugs, ended up in some pretty scary situations and just wasted a lot of years of my life. Mm. However, I did that kind of bug, that singing thing. It never goes away no matter how many times I said no, no, no. I ended up writing songs for my brother ended up singing some songs with my brother in kind of dance music. Um, I didn't choose it. It kind of happened by accident. Um, I'd never really liked dance music. And honestly, it's something I I don't really like. Um, still now? Still now. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I have so many negative memories of that those years. Yeah, for sure. And also, it just, it wasn't who I was. It wasn't my best work. Lyrically, it wasn't what I wanted to say. Like, I wasn't an artist. I was just a chancer out trying to make a grand, singing on whatever song I could so I could get on the guest list for Ministry of Sound on Friday. That's not something for me now to, mm. to be proud of. But I learned a lot. And when that all went to shit, because everything... Oh, sorry, can I swear? Just, you can swear just, as yeah. much as you fucking want. <laughs> Yay! When that all went to fucking shit. Um, I then had a choice to make, whether I went and got a real job or tried music again. And this was around 2018, the year I got sober. So I decided music again, I was going to really give it a go. Um, but I felt too old at 33 to do a music career. Far too old, how embarrassing, can't do that. So I'm going to be a songwriter. Okay. Dedicated myself to songwriting. And over the next couple of years, wrote a few hits, the uh, UK top tens for people in dance music. Got a few of the platinum records. And for someone that's been uh, a bit of a loser, a big drinker, drug doer, never really achieving, always bitter about things not working out. You get a platinum record in your hands and you think, wow, I've done it. I've committed to something. I've, I've done well. Um, but I didn't, didn't make me happy. I didn't feel anything. Mm. It was just like, oh, cool. I guess I need to write another one. I've, I've got three here, four, sorry, in this office. And I just, I struggled to I struggle to connect with them. I'm, I'm very grateful because they got me out of all the debt that I'd wrapped up in my 20s. 40 grand's worth of debt and unpaid bills and HMRC knocking on the door. So they helped me get out of that. So they certainly have a part to play in my story. But what I used to think a platinum record was when I saw other people with one, it's, it didn't do that for me. And then I think it gave me a bit of confidence as a songwriter and I had a bit of money. And I thought, should I do this thing again? Yep. Back to the kid at the piano that wrote Thrills and Spills with no clue what they're doing. I can't not write songs. It's just what I've always done. Um, but I was so convinced by my own failings and I'm not good enough and I'm so old. I knew it wasn't gonna be anything. It was, it was gonna be a hobby. I still wanted to put these songs out there. So I joined TikTok and started singing over some backing tracks. And those videos went viral. And I was able to then have a record label, put out the music that I wanted. And last week, play my first show to a sold out crowd. And it's it's the most crazy thing because I feel like I've been given a second chance. Yep in something that people don't often get a second chance in 
to be a new artist at 37 is it's absolutely mad and i love it yeah it's amazing um so we'll, we'll we'll chat obviously we're going to chat about your new album in a minute big time we're going to chat big time on that um but let's play a song um i'm a little bit reluctant to ask you to play like one of the songs that you've uh that you've released in the past because you kind of were talking like they weren't all happy memories um so we'll just you know let you choose so if you want to play something that you've been involved in then amazing if you want to just play you know ash or whatever then that's also cool (laughs) is anything spring to mind just wants to play ash but I (laughs) i owe it to myself to kind of play the first record that became a hit record that really did change my self-esteem and my bank balance and all that and it is it is a fun record and that is um Sam Felt Post Malone so before we get on to the new um record I just wanted to ask you a little bit about your songwriting process um because I'm a professional creative person myself and I love to um ask people about their process and stuff because I find it fascinating did what when you were writing kind of music that perhaps you weren't that into, how did you navigate that as a songwriter? So when I first started doing it, I was obsessed with the idea of getting a hit record. I, I okay. really wanted to prove myself. And I was quite disconnected from my own self as an artist I wouldn't have been able to to write something for me that was of any value. So I was really in the right place. I was a songwriter at that time. Mm. So that was about who's trending, where can we get it, who knows who, what can we write? Um, And I've always been a a concept-driven person, a title-driven person. So even the song we just listened to, Post Malone, um, calling it Post Malone and the clickbait of that and... I love those kind of things. I love starting with a title and an idea that you then build around. Okay. It was incredibly fun to come up with titles that could end up being on the radio and um, something that was different. I love writing songs that are different, even as a songwriter, um, to make it stand out a bit. I think I know that I'm not, like I've never studied songwriting or gone to uni or stage school and a lot of people in the songwriting crew in London um have so where I kind of lack in maybe knowledge and um maybe to some extent talent I make up for in sheer risk taking and creativity amazing do you think that you're kind of coming in with an outsider's perspective in a way yes I do think so okay Um, they often say have one crazy person in the room (laughs) and listen to what they say. And one of my friends that I write with a lot said this to me and was like, Oh, by the way, that is you. (laughs) You're Uh, like, you're like, like, I don't know any crazy people. (laughs) Yeah. You're the one. (laughs) And and it's you. And yeah, I guess that I, I never really learned the rules. I just, I learned songwriting because I sat at piano and sang thrills and spills and I've never gone to look at the rules because I'm quite lazy in those <laughs> and I just I just prefer to get out and do it and I'll learn on the right. job so yeah I don't know the rules but I work with a lot of people that do and sometimes that combination is what breeds 
a lot of magic in in those songwriting rooms um but also songwriting is a is a difficult career mm. um, i find it harder to be a songwriter than i do an artist okay um, interesting. interesting yeah i'm sure a lot of people would say the other way around but it's i think what i find difficult is you're never you're always starting from from ground zero so like you can have a hit record but you don't collect fans or 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 network people or they they aren't a fan of you they're a fan of the artist it came out with so when you're pitching out another song yeah you've got a bio that says something xyz and maybe that helps people to believe it's better than it is but you're just constantly starting from the bottom whereas what I love about the last year of building my artist project is watching the fan base grow and having the email list that I can go out to and talking and seeing people it's tangible right tangible and that's really important for me Uh, amazing yeah I really feel that it must feel like you're kind of building something I think so yeah collective of very traumatized people that's what it seems to be but that's great for me (laughs) good uh and then yeah you will get onto that in a minute um so um so when you had that moment in 2018 and you're like right I'm going to start my my own projects how what were the did you did you go back to those early teenage musical influences was that the first place you went to or yeah I did I think when I was kind of healthy enough so I got a bit of sobriety under and a little bit of therapy I had just enough self-esteem to start. I was still convinced I was a piece of shit and it was going to fail, but I had just enough. And okay. I think that's really important to say, like, you never feel ready. Right. You learn on the way. So I think what happened to me was because the self-esteem was so low, I kind mm-hmm. of you know, created this character, Rory, cool she's going to be way cooler and like confident than I am because I'm a big old loser so I like made a Pinterest board of images of like cool people and I went back to yeah the like emo kind of Jimmy world and stuff like that very like lyrically heavy guitar heavy but very melodic that that kind of vibe and I kind of built this whole world in my head of like this is what it's gonna look like and feel like Mm -hmm. um and it still didn't feel like me there was this kind of little and I shouldn't say loser because bless her heart she went through some shit but at the time this loser person like I'm gonna create this fake thing Mm -hmm. I'm gonna take from there and take from there and this fake person that I create will be able to do the thing that I've never been able to do and lo and behold you create this fake person you dye your hair half blue and half dark, start singing a few songs, and very suddenly the gap between the two of you shrinks and then it disappears. And you realize that person, that was always me. That was always part of me. I just, I was a bit cloudy to it. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, the, f- the first thing that I, so, Firstly, firstly, we love the music. We absolutely love it. Amazing. The first thing that (laughs) stuck out for me 
was why is everybody laughing at me if I said something weird again? No, no, I just it's where's it going now? I'm like Yeah. Yeah. No, no, good. It's going to a good place. It's I'm always place. I'm always wondering where it's going. Very I've got good no, place. notes in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Matt never knows where I'm going with things, which is a good thing, which is why this is always exciting. No, good place. First thing I noticed is the there's so many pop culture references in the early part of the record. And I love that because even though I am a little bit older, a lot of those references are very um, immediately identifiable to me. Are you, and I guess that's where I, where I was coming from, is this like... Um, I wanted to know if you were writing from character or if those are all your experiences, you know, mentioning Avril and Blink and Lit and all these other things in the songs. Amazing question. So one of the songs, which was, um, it wasn't actually on Good Die Young, it was a single before, it's called My Chemical Romance. That was not very real. That was written with a friend of mine, he's incredible, he's called Jordan Shaw, and we were like, let's write something really cool and emo and, and pitch it out. It wasn't really meant to be for me. And then nobody else took it. And I was like, could I possibly put it out? Um, so that was very much trying to kind of write a song in a genre and hit a reference. I absolutely love the song. But um, even when I was speaking about it and we were promoing it, I was like, I don't know what to say because it's not directly from one of my traumatic experiences. <laughs> Um, but then all the other songs, I think, again, it's you do it and you build the confidence, you find your own voice. All the other songs were just bang on. I think the funniest one being Uncomplicated. Um, that really was, I was scrolling TikTok and I saw Avril's like return to music. Right. Yep. And it made me feel something really intense. And I wrote a comment that was like, it's 2006, my mum hasn't died, I still speak to my brother, I haven't dropped out of uni. It Like pure, it was real. Mm-hmm. And this comment went viral, it's still there on her video. It got thousands of likes and I was like, is this a song? Right. And then that's where the lyric of Uncomplicated Avril's on the radio takes me back to 15 years ago. Small town kid with no regrets, ain't dropped out of uni yet. Uh, brother is still in my life, ain't lost nobody to suicide. Take me back, I fucking hate it. Those days were uncomplicated. So it was this beautiful moment where it just was birthed from this deep sense of nostalgia and sadness. Um, and then that chorus on TikTok went viral. So it was like some weird moments had to happen for that song to come out. And it's it's just joyful. And... I've spoken quite a lot, you know, about my age and being 37 and I'm now I'm really proud of it. Mm-hmm. It was so heavy for so long. I just felt so ashamed and I was too late and I've missed the boat and they're going to laugh at me. And my label actually said to me, Avril's on the radio takes me back to 15 years ago that who's going to relate? Like young people aren't going to relate to that. You can't say 15 years ago. And I was like, well, it's already gone viral, so <laughs> I think I'm not being arrogant, but like I'd rather trust a million people on here than yeah, right. two of you lot. And so, yeah, they let me release it. And that was very cathartic for dealing with my age. Cause if I can sing about remembering Avril and being a teenager, then like I get to put my myself in my art and 
in that song as well, Lit being my favourite band and having an ex-boyfriend that sung me a cover, that's all true. It was my own worst enemy. Uh, what, song. <laughs> what an absolute classic year nine yeah brilliant um i think we should play um uncomplicated now so we're going to drop that in so we can all listen to that this is uncomplicated by rory so our notes are all over the place mr buck do you want to take over or shall i just keep asking questions uh you keep going for a minute and i'll do the next section all right Good, good. Profesh, totally profesh. We definitely will leave this in because that's how we roll. Love it. Um, Love it. Right. Bit of a reveal. I super related hard to this record because during lockdown, uh, I personally was diagnosed with dyslexia, dyscalculia, chronic depression, anxiety, and ADHD. Had my formal diagnosis two weeks ago. Good times. Welcome rock to the and club. roll. Rock and roll. <laughs> yes. I'm so glad you know, though, now. Changes yeah. everything when you know. Yeah. How, um, obviously, so many lyrics, specifically small victories, that meant a lot to me. Thank you for writing that song. Um, how, how can I ask a question? How... How did you feel so confident to bring your diagnosis into the music? Age and maturity yeah, okay. is one thing, and a lot of really great therapy is another. I can't underestimate the impact that spending almost two years in quite intense trauma therapy has done for me as a human being. Okay. Is I don't feel shame anymore. And Amazing. my entire life, I've been ashamed of everything, things I've done, my behaviours, how I've treated people, how I live, and I'm just not, I, I don't have that. So I feel really, truly free to sing and say the absolute truth. And that feels like such a gift because that feels like what people connect with. Right. And Small Victories, it's a really funny story because I wrote it about a time in my life before I got sober that I mentioned earlier, living in this basement flat, not paying bills, sitting in the darkness, haven't cleaned my sheets for a year, probably haven't showered for 10 days mm-hmm. in loads of debt. I mean, just, just horrendous living conditions that I brought upon myself. And I was really depressed. I couldn't get out of bed. And it's so sad because I see that person now and I'm like, you were so young, you needed help. Mm. I wish I could go back and hug you. So I wrote Small Victories going back to that time. And I in the studio, it was last year I wrote it. I was feeling pretty good. Didn't, didn't see any big mental health waves coming. Mm-hmm. But it gets you. And then this year, so it's before the EP came out, but after I'd written it, I just got hit with the most horrible depression again. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? I'm sober. I've done therapy. I'm in my first healthy relationship. I've made peace with all these people that hurt me and people I've hurt. I'm doing it all right. Why have I woken up and I'm feeling absolutely nothing? Mm -hmm. And it scared 
the life out of me because whenever those waves hit, they just feel like they're going to last forever. And I just remember crying with my partner and just saying like, where have I gone? Right. What if this like, like fun blue haired person, what if she's fake? What if this is real? Right. This person that feels nothing. What if this is forever? And it lasted a few weeks and, uh, it was so strange because I was filming some content for Small Victories. Uh, I just filmed a bit of myself getting ready. I was going to use it as the, I did use it as the canvas on Spotify. I just filmed myself getting ready with with depression because I was still mm. going to work and right. kind of faking being human, which is bloody exhausting. But I, I'd be cleaning my teeth and I'd start crying just because I felt nothing. And I filmed it and I used it as the canvas on the song. And I, I just, again, I feel so grateful in a way that I accessed the darkness again just before I was going to release that song because it made me realise the importance of it. And, and it's funny that you mentioned that one because I thought it was almost a bit of a throwaway song. Because um, okay. it's this big, big old chorus. And so many people have taken the time to... Um, message me about that song so yeah yeah i think there's it's just such a a clear lyric and a very deep feeling that's what i got from it and um yeah i'm a huge fan and i would like to play that now so this is um small victories by rory so i feel I feel a bit bad bringing this up just because um, the the way you speak is so incredible and like uh, about your emotions and about um, depression and everything else. But the the one thing, and James knows what I'm going to say, um, that hit me so hard about this record is the, the introduction track, Silver Linings. And I messaged James and I was like, I've listened to this five times in a row. And then a few minutes later, I was like, seven <laughs> and I think it was like in the double figures easily just over and over and over again and it just hit me so fucking hard do you mind like just maybe exp I mean I guess you've already kind of explained the the thought process behind that but the the guts to put that on there did you have doubts or Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, But that's yeah. what I love. It's so raw and I love it when bands do this. Um, which is why I just listen to it on repeat. Um but yeah, I mean, do you wanna are you are you happy to kind of explain a little bit about that? And then maybe actually, should we play it? Yeah, let's play it. You can have a have a think. Don't yeah. you don't need to listen to it. <laughs> um and then we will if you're happy to, to to Absolutely. talk about it um so this is uh introduction silver linings um from the new record okay gives me shivers Ex gives explain me yourself shivers. <laughs> shivers um so i knew i knew i wanted to do a kind of short introduction it just feels like quite an artsy thing to do bit of a wanker i want an intro you know mm. um and why I decided to do it in this way, I don't know. But I had done 
during this time I was doing a lot of therapy and the thing that kept coming up for me was this age shame Mm. too old I've missed the boat and this sense of so much of my life like just not wanting to really be here anymore um and that I had a suicide attempt when I was 23 not really an attempt I say it now more as a real cry for help from my dad which unfortunately didn't work um but there was so much of that hanging over me it was a constant thought in my head for 10 years could just end it could just jump in front of a train today and I would imagine it I think it's called suicide ideation I'd imagine it in a positive way which um it's just really really sad and this came up a lot in therapy it was so much related to the grief of my mum dying Mm -hmm. some difficult relationships and also some other things from from childhood and getting to the point when I could do an EP again just it felt like such a big victory um for me personally the things I had to go through to like make that record in terms of sobriety and therapy and self-esteem digging it off the floor I was really proud of myself and the main thing the main thing I overcome was I not having those suicidal thoughts anymore I never have them therapy works yeah (laughs) but I felt like I owed it to the listener to let them know where this had come from and it's it's been dug out of its own grave that's where I've come from and I'd done a therapy session when I'd had this conversation with my therapist and basically said I guess my I guess my dad's happy that I'm still here Um, and even that sad I couldn't say if I hope hopefully he is but I I don't know um and I just loaded up my phone and I, I it's that artist instinct of like showing the most vulnerable part of you and I hit record and I was like and I just spoke and I let it go out and my nose was all snotty I was like it's fine took it in the studio with me to Sam Kramer who was producing the record and I was like can I just play you something it's really cringe can we do something with this and he was like yeah I think that's really cool and he took the guitar part which is used in Jesus and John Lennon, which is a song I wrote for my mum, which is probably the hardest song I've ever had to write. He took the guitar out of that and he put the voice note over that. And I was like, should I take something out? I've got to take that bit out. He's like, just leave it. Mm. Um, I had so many moments leading up to release when I almost took it off. I tried to take that off. I tried to throw the whole EP in the bin thank God I have a really good manager that has known me for six years. He's been with me. He was with me before I got sober. So this guy deserves a medal, Graham. Um, and he just calmly, why don't you sleep on it? Mm. It's it really good. And I listened and I'm, I'm glad I did. So thank you so much for the kindness about that one. Cause it does still, it hits this cringe vulnerability radar a little, even now. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think if people, it 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 will go one of two ways, right? People will love it. 
if they don't like it, they skip on to the next track. No so, big deal. So um, true. But I think it's incredible, and I re- like it hooks me as a listener. It hooks me in because straight away I think, right, we're in for something serious here. Um, so for one vote for uh, keeping it on. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. Um, okay, let's let's get a little bit more lighthearted. Um, why are you so huge on TikTok? <laughs> Beats me. <laughs> like. I don't, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't meant to happen. I, this TikTok was started as a joke. I signed up as punk rock girl. And I was going to do like comedy. Like imagine if you were trying to be a punk rock artist and like doing it in a Ricky Gervais way. (laughs) (sighs) I'd love to see that. Did you do any videos like that? I did. I've deleted them now. (laughs) Um, But it it is funny because comedy is so often used in artists. I've got a lot of artist friends that would rather try and do a funny video than sing a song because it's cooler to, to be seen as someone that laughs at art okay. rather than someone that has the audacity to make it. And I certainly fell into that trap and it was under punk rock girl with no expectations where I was like, oh, may as well drop a... I'll download a beat off YouTube and I'll I'll just write a song. I'm a songwriter. And then the first video went viral and I was like, oh, so I deleted the comedy, changed the name to Rory. And it's just been an absolutely crazy, wonderful thing. It's It's the reason why I have a career and I'm able to have songs that have a couple million streams and I'm able to do a show and and I have a foundation to build on because of that app and because of the people that found me on this I'm just eternally grateful because it's not meant to happen you're not meant to be 37 and breaking (laughs) on TikTok but there you go I hope it's inspiring to someone yeah inspiring is the word like you've mentioned it quite a few times the fact that you're 37 um me and James are older than that um but I think it's incredible like why shouldn't you do the things that you want to do and you know whether it's releasing pop punk or or doing comedy videos about punk rock or whatever it is that's what you want to do you should do it and I think it's really inspiring that you've kind of done it gone for it and clearly been quite successful with it and hopefully will continue to kind of grow and grow and grow and grow as the time goes on um I'm fuming because I looked at my TikTok account this morning and I'd lost a follower. So that, that's where I'm at. I was on 15. Now I'm on 14. Oh, <laughs> I no. Mate, I, I, I didn't need know to you rebrand. Were on, well, that's, I, the, prob- that's the problem. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I just I check in like once a week just to see if I've gone viral. And I haven't okay. yet. That's Listen, how it works, right? Know. One day you might wake up. <laughs> Download Maybe one on day. YouTube. Okay, maybe I'll try that. No, no one needs to hear that. You know, TikTok gets a really bad uh, reputation in the music industry. Um, A lot of my songwriter friends absolutely despise it. Mm. Um, And I always cringe a bit of people are always doing kind of hot takes on why it's so bad. And, you know, anyone can go viral and there's no artistry involved. And we're seeing all these dreadful artists 
coming through and I'm like oh my god it's me and but I have a different view and of course our view is inspired by our worldview TikTok's worked for me so I'm gonna have a positive view if it hasn't worked for someone else they might see the negative but the positive view I have is that barriers to entry don't exist there Mm, right so in the music industry for me 37 not a chance ain't no one signing you when you're over 22 people start thinking you're too old and you can really believe that when you're in the industry Mm -hmm. doesn't exist on TikTok. they don't care i've i've found that very recently a, a girl has gone viral uh with this song called complex um and she was working, I think, in Tesco at the time. And she played this little folk song on the piano and it went viral. And she got signed to Columbia Records. <laughs> Jesus. And I love that. I love that. Because the barriers to entry, the the stage school, the parental money that you would need to do it, um, being in the right circles, getting signed to a label, having all that money, that's not there. So yeah, anyone can do it. And of course that means there's going to be some records that we don't all like, but I remember Mr. Blobby being number one when (laughs) I was young, like they've always been there because humanity has different tastes. But for me, it's the great equalizer. Um, Because if you have a microphone and you can download a beat off YouTube, because that was my first song that went viral. It, It was a free beat from YouTube. Um, it gives a lot more access to a lot of people that might not have necessarily had that back in the day. Yeah, that's incredible. I'll get downloading as soon as we're done and uh, watch out TikTok. <laughs> watch out, punk rock guy. Yeah, I'll come and support you, you or dad. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, so <laughs> you played your first show the other night. Tell us about that. Oh, my Lord. Well, I say first show. I did probably 30 or 40 shows back in my early 20s when I was Mm. touring as Roxanne Emery, but very different circumstances. Um, So this was my first show as Rory, and it it really felt like my first show. Mm. This music is from the very inside of me. Um, And I just had no idea. It, it, It sold out thanks to TikTok. Again, it sold out on the day that it was announced. Wow. Um, It wasn't massive. It was, it was only 250 people, but to me, that was. That's a good start, right? Good start. I'd be happy with that. (laughs) Yeah. It felt felt massive. Um, I noticed the self-esteem demons just creeping up a little. Um, I seem to have overcome them with releasing music. Mm because it was the first show that they came. You can't do it. Who do you think you are? You can't sing. I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to anyway. Um, just didn't really listen to those and went to rehearsals and had an amazing band. I had a guy called Pete who put the band together and they were just wicked. They all loved like pop punk and rock. They were all slightly older, like emo kids. So everyone was really feeling it and they were lovely. And when I was in that rehearsal room, I didn't feel like an imposter. I felt like an artist rehearsing for their first gig. And that's the first time I've ever had that feeling, despite all those shows I'd done before. 
felt like a fraud. I wasn't right. I didn't deserve it. I really felt like, yeah, I, this is me. This is what I do now. Um, and then got to the venue, a few waves of nerves, like quite nauseous, like, oh my God, I'm going to be on, on that stage. And had two amazing special guests, two friends of mine that I've, I write songs with. And then I was backstage holding my mic, ready to go out. And I heard people like chanting. I think they were drunk, but I'll still take it. They were chanting, Rory, Rory, Rory. And I just had this moment of like, damn girl, you're crazy. You're crazy. Like, look, look what you can do when you get better. And then the show just kind of flew by. It was amazing wonderful I met a hundred people at the end people that were, were crying and, and telling me what the songs meant because they're very heavy songs so the people that relate to them have got really heavy stories and to be able to hug those people and, and chat to them and say thank you and listen to them it's like the biggest honor ever really what um sadly we weren't at the show but I'm, I'm genuinely intrigued what what kind of uh, how do I phrase this? What kind of audience did you have there? Were they young kids? Were they people, old people like us, um, or <laughs> everything yeah. in between? It was a real mix. Yeah, the majority was were like twenty, like teens to late twenties. Okay, and um, all of them, or the majority of them, had dyed hair, tattoos. Nice. <laughs> Piercings and a story to tell, often yeah. a sad story to, to tell. And what I realized when I looked out at them was like, they're like, they're like little me, they're younger me. Mm -hmm. They are living in that flat with the lights off. They have just come out of the abusive relationship. They might not know that they, they need therapy. And you just realize like, oh my gosh, I've met this community that are so much part of, of my story and I'm part of theirs and I get to and I get to sing songs to them. It, it's it's really crazy. And I, I sometimes think said earlier, I'm a bit lazy, so like I've never studied songwriting. If I could have picked, or if I could pick now my dream career, it would be a therapist. I'm obsessed by it. I listen to so many audiobooks and podcasts and I'm always telling people, oh, go and get therapy and meet my therapist, mm -hmm. obsessed, but would never have the work ethic to go and study for seven years. But my way of spreading that message is through music because it's so much about recovery, addiction, coming through anxieties, depression, and I speak about that a lot as well. I get to do my little bit for the world. It's just through music rather than in a therapist office yeah music's the the greatest therapy right did someone know? say that or did i just make that up oh if you've made it up <laughs> get that on tiktok tonight you'll get there it. we go bang <laughs> it is and I, the thing that's so incredible about music i think someone would be more likely to listen to a song about going through an abusive relationship because they'll feel it it's visceral then they will 
go and get therapy because to go and get therapy is so final you're really admitting something's deeply wrong and it's scary and there can be waiting lists and it can cost money so again it's not open to everybody but music's right there and it just comes at you and you can hear a song it it happens to me you hear a song and it just levels you Mm. in a moment I saw one the other day I don't think it's out yet maybe it is it's a Dean Lewis song and and not that he's necessarily the genre I'd normally listen to, but this Dean Lewis song came up, a song about his dad getting diagnosed with cancer. And having had that with a parent, I heard two lines and I tears flooded, stomach dropped. And I was like, I need this song. And it just hit me. It's like music can just get you right where you need it. Yep, That's, I agree. Oh, it's just so incredible. What an honour it is to make that stuff. I can see James is is searching to find this, to see if this song has come no, out. No, I'm trying to find a fucking. No, I can't find it. Base, there's a Jamie Lemon song where the end of the lyric is when you sing, they listen more. Oh. Um, and I can't find the front half of the lyric because it is something like like you know like you know when I talk, no one listens, but when when I sing, they listen more, something like that. Um, and yeah, just reminded me of that. The Dean Lewis one I've just checked is out. <laughs> If you want to make everyone cry. Oh, we, we like making people cry. That's what we do best. <laughs> Me too. Should we, should we drop that? We'll drop that and um, and then we'll have a little kind of wrap up. So so what is it? Dean Lewis. I've never heard how, of him, to be honest. <laughs> how do I say goodbye? Okay, let's do it. Okay, so have you got anything that you want to plug? Any? Is there any more gigs coming up? What's, what's the plan for the, for the future? Yes, yeah, so... At the gig last week, we had an agent that was there and she has asked for a call with me next week. So I'm in this limbo period of like, Mm. is it going to happen that this 37-year-old late bloomer might get a music agent? So if that happens, there'll definitely be more gigs. If that doesn't happen, I'll probably do like one a year okay they're really fun but my god they're a lot of organization and that ain't my (laughs) that ain't my thing so there'll definitely be one more in terms of what comes next I've got two more singles already planned uh one is coming out on September 10th okay um and it's my first song that is is upbeat is funny happy almost it's a slight deviation away from all of the trauma um so I'm really excited about that because it's it's just showing another side of my personality I guess and so that people don't think I'm all trauma yep like 95% <laughs> trauma 5% humor that's me um so super excited for that and then an, another song um that's a return a return to the deep down ones called family tree which is a probably the saddest one yet so yeah lots of stuff to come so, so you're coming out with a happy and then straight back in with the uh lift them the, up the, and the then deep, smash them back down <laughs> Absolutely. i like it i like Absolutely. it awesome well um i can say that if and when you next do gigs we're up for it we'll be there 
Um, we'll put, put the average age up a bit for you. Um, I, love that. I love that. All ages welcome. Yeah, I'll be a TikTok, TikTok. I can't even say it. TikTok superstar by then, apparently. Star. Yeah, it'd be wicked. Um, thank you so much for talking to us. It's been really incredible chat. And I was, I was thinking just what, when you were talking earlier, you should be like a, a teacher or something because you, you talk really well and like draw. I was totally drawn into everything you were saying or a therapist. Yeah. Um, therapist. What therapist? Um, thank you. But if it doesn't work out, there you go. There's go all, there's teach teach or something. Well, teach music. <laughs> funny because my mum was a teacher. So that's made me a bit emotional because that is like, that's obviously the her. Right. Yeah. In me. So, you know, you can be gone for many years, but I think the impact you have on someone doesn't go away. So thank you. And yeah, yeah thank you for having me. It's been the most fun chat and. I've just had the most brilliant time. So thank you so much. And thank you. We, we need to decide uh, the last song to kind of go out with is what, what haven't we played? <laughs> my, my one, apart from the, the introduction, of course, um, my, my favorite is good die young. I don't think we've played that yet. Have we? No. Should we go with that then? Let's go with that. So yeah, good die young. Actually, do you mind? Would you mind if we did um, Jesus and John Lennon? Yeah, no, we can do that. James, that. there's a vote for two I'm votes. In the, for I'm that. in the mood for that. You've made Fine. me now. We'll open with Good Die Young then. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Cool. Okay. So this is um, Jesus and John Lennon by Rory. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Thanks for having me, guys. What a lovely person. I always, always say that, and I will always continue to say that until the yeah, day but, I don't. They always are. But like, wow, I really enjoyed that. She's so lovely and so open and so um, raw and real and loved it. Absolutely loved that chat. So interesting. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so, yeah, hopefully everyone enjoyed that. We need to do our admin. That's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> so for people that don't know, we're recording this before our preseason training, which would be the episode that came out before this. Yes. So I've just put James on the spot. By saying no, no, it's good. Admin. No, it's good. We'll do it. We'll try and get it all. I'll try and get it all in. I'll see where we are. It has been so long. Right. To start from the beginning. One, there's a button under your thumb and it says follow. So follow Emo Dad Podcast on Spotify. There's another button which says rate us. So the rule is when you're rating us, it's more than four and less than six. That's the sweet spot. Get in there and give us a lovely little rating. We've no idea if it helps, but just do that. That will be fun. It must uh, help. Surely it, it must helps. help. Why must would they have it? Something. Um, Instagram. Go and follow us on Instagram. Um, send aimadadpodcast.instagram.com. Send Matt abusive messages he loves a bit of that if you're really into like messaging and you want a good time there is also our discord so you can go and hang out there um where other people recommend music and tv shows and stuff it's a good time come and see us on there we've got an email account that nobody emails us on so that's good uh email dad podcast at gmail.com if you want to be from the 90s and you want to send us an email, do that. That'd be great. Um, merch. If you want to buy a T-shirt, 
be one of the first. <laughs> have we sold any towels yet? <laughs> you haven't sold any towels or tote bags. Very upset about that. Socks. We sold a pair of socks, didn't we? Yeah, we sold a pair of socks. So we don't make any money from it. I just want to throw that out now. So you're just buying it for you for laughs. Um, but there's some cool t-shirts um, that I designed that are wicked. And I'm told if you walk around wearing an emo dad t-shirt and you're, you're a dad, you will make friends. Dad, I can confirm this is real. And people have told me you make friends and then they get upset when they find out it's a podcast and they don't listen to it. But that's not the point. Point is, you make friends. Make friends, buy merch. Have I done it all? It's true. I, I was wearing my Emo Dad t-shirt, self-promotion, um, at Pepper Pig World the other day. Yes. And um, no one spoke to me, but I at least three, two dudes and one lady, I saw them reading the t-shirt as they walked past and they looked oh. like the sort of people that would be interested. You know, oh. they were, they were, it had caught their attention. Oh. Uh, you know, tattoo clad, um, black, black t shirt wearing vans, bad people. Yeah. Yeah. Vans, our, yeah people. Exactly. our people. Our people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they, they were definitely looking. And I caught one of them, yeah. even because I walked one way, he walked the other. I saw him look at the back as well. So yes. if you want to be looked at, <laughs> <laughs> Get an emo dad or emo mum t-shirt. Yeah, we have both. And uh, we also have ones without that on for uh non yeah, non gender neutral heroes. Um <laughs> I think that's it, mate. How do we end? Let's normally? we play with the song. Okay. We, what should we play? Shall we play what songs do we talk about that we haven't played yet? Uh, uh, we haven't we haven't played sad core. That's a good one. Just uh, to go with the, the, oh, the sad. You're gonna play Rory song. I was thinking we could play like lit. Oh, we could also do that. Or like blink, or like Avril, or something. <laughs> Let's play lit. All right. Uh, one time only. This is love you lots. See you next time. This is my own worst enemy by lit.